0: Hello, welcome to Cookware Doctor, the podcast that talks about some food, some cooking, but most importantly, we talk about the cookware and the kitchen tools that make the food itself. I am your host, Sarah Dahmen, uh, the one of the only women coppersmiths who build cookware in America or the world, as well as the author of Copper, Iron, and Clay, A Smith's Journey. And I am here today um, because we have another um, podcast question that's been submitted, and it's a great one. It is one that's not covered that often, especially since it's mostly uh, bakeware. It's not so much of a, a cooking thing, but it's certainly cookware, and it is copper. So I'm thrilled about talking about that. And um, it's it's about copper molds, and I know people see them on walls. They are sort of in the past, sometimes a joke, you know, you see the, the fish on the walls or the, you know, different round shapes of, of copper cake pans and molds on walls, but they actually are usable. They are uh, a great thing to have in your kitchen if you're going to be doing a little bit more of fancier pieces. And today's question is submitted by Georgina Wilson who is asking about molds in general. She asks if they were, or are, or should be lined with tin. How do you use them for a perfect mousse or jelly? And you know, there's not a lot of resources about it, so she thought she would, you know, check in with us here at Cookware Doctor about these particular pieces. So I'm really excited about it because it's um a type of cookware that and bakeware that I don't get to talk about that often. And there is a tremendous history, mostly European, um about copper molds, everything from itty bitty tiny ones to giant ones, and they they all come in a variety of heights and widths, diameters and um but they are um They are used for mousses, they are used for jellies, and it is of course very different depending on if you're making a mousse or a jelly or even a cake. Uh, Some of these are used for cakes. But we're gonna start with just the makeup of what they should be first to answer her first question. So I have an old piece here that I actually need to restore. It's a little dented on the top, but it is a traditional um, mold and it is uh, actually it belonged to Daniel Dunas who was a very well-known chef in the 70s 70s and 80s um, in the UK and Canada and such but that's why we have a D on on it he had his his mark pounded into it but if you can see in the video I have here but I will explain these are lined with tin now in the old days they used to dip molds in tin after they were formed um so there's a lot more of like a uniformity on the inside if you have one with original tin it wasn't so much hand wiped as dipped um, but yes you wanted these to be lined with tin for two reasons one for food safety and two because the tin especially a shinier tin is non-stick so you didn't have the same net need to um you know always line them with something like a like grease or fats or flours depending on what you were making because if you did that for certain cakes or certain you know certain recipes if you put like a, a butter in here to make it non-stick and things like that it could wreck the consistency. Some molds um, are specifically and for some particular recipes even though when they're lined with tin you actually will line the inside with beeswax before you pour in your batter for your cake. And that's something else, even though it's tin lined, the beeswax will help with extracting the the food after you're done baking it, um, because it kind of melts and it helps slide slide it out with um, gravity and slipperiness. And then of course you have your tin, which is nonstick, And then you have the beeswax and the heat and the weight of the cake once you flip it over so it um, that's another thing that a lot of people don't realize um, is that you use beeswax when you when you bake in these copper molds even though they're lined with tin I have seen some without tin and most of the time coppersmiths Bob included will say anything that's not lined if it's not specifically going to be used For something that's sugar whether it's a caramel or it's um, a a type of you know extremely sugary cake or things like that they were usually then decorative so if you have something that's clearly never been lined with tin then um, there's a really good chance that it it was meant to be decorative and to be hung on the wall of the kitchen like a decoration as opposed to actually being used now I have seen these more traditional um, I don't know if they're Victorian but they are a kind of, of mold where they're they're in couple pieces. And there's a flat piece on the bottom. And then there is um, like a hinged and reposé with a decoration kind of punched out um, on the outside. And it, it's almost um, oval in shape. And it all comes apart with little hinges and little pieces and opens up. And it is for making like really almost like a pot pie, but they're savory, not sweet. And uh, it's a more traditional dish. And I have restored a few of those as well. That's a very different kind of mold, but again, that's more for bake cooking, not I mean it's meant to be making like a meat pie or or something like that. It's not meant to be a dessert like we think of when we see the molds in the in general. We think desserts. So you can do savory things in these molds too. So um so really the best way to the, the best way to use these pieces, no matter what you're baking or cooking, whether it's a mousse or a jelly, is to see if you can find an original recipe that will state the best way to prepare the mold. Like I mentioned, the beeswax for certain baking. Um, I would hazard a guess. I don't do a lot of baking in these. Um, I have really small uh, ones and, and, um, and I have these bigger ones that I work on, but I don't use them that often. But when I do, I do line them with beeswax where you melt the beeswax and you brush it in. I don't know with a jelly if you would necessarily need to do that. And obviously... A jelly mold you put in the fridge so you would be dealing with the the nonstick qualities of the tin to hopefully get the jelly to fall out once it's been chilled I I don't know if you would want to use like um, like a sugar or a flour p- based for any of that it, I think it depends on your recipe again I, I am a huge fan of going back and trying to figure out um, what was used traditionally in an original recipe but uh, another thing to be aware of that when you're cooking or baking in these these copper pieces, um, it actually weirdly takes longer to bake than you may think. So even though copper is extremely conductive and you know gets hot really fast and cools down really fast. Because of that, I have noticed that when I'm baking in copper, it actually takes sometimes, depending on what it is, but it does actually take longer to get the middle to set. So be aware of that. And I, I, I the way I explain it is that when you have something that, that both gets heat and loses heat really fast, you're not kind of baking it in the same way when you bake in a cast iron skillet where it retains the heat and actually can bake faster than what you're used to when you're dealing with a baking. But I love the fact that you have much more control when you're baking in a copper mold because it isn't, you don't you don't overbake. So you can really watch your center. You can really make sure it's done exactly right. You're not going to overbake the sides. You're not going to get it to dry out. It's going to be a perfect cake or a perfect jelly. Um... you know mousse I actually have people asking for souffle pieces handmade pieces and you have extreme control over your temperature and your your finished piece your finished food because it it's baking slower if that makes sense um so it's faster on the stove but slower in the oven and it's actually good both ways because you have more control over your your food product but anyway yeah so so my first advice is check um check for the original recipe but but beeswax is kind of like a really great way to start. I would start with um, baking in these before you go to the more you know fancier mousses, unless you're used to doing souffles and, and things like that, then pff, go right ahead and just get started with some of the molds and see uh, how your oven reacts with the copper when you cook those. But um, that's my very first question on mold. So I hope this made sense and it wasn't super convoluted. It's like, if you're gonna have a takeaway, takeaway, beeswax. Um, Funny, you know, I don't know if people uh, are aware who listen, but we have our own bees. We have two kinds of bees. We have mason bees, which are a, um, they are pollinators that one mason bee can do the work of a hundred honeybees. So they're extremely efficient and they're really great pollinators. And I keep them in my cutting garden where we just have flowers and herbs. Um, But we have those and they are the non-stinging bees. They don't sting. My kids can handle them like they're little fluffy pets, and they do. Um, and we we let, we let put them out um, in usually end of March, early April, depending on how cold our nights are. And then they mate, and then we have bees. And then I take them in in the fall, and I store the little eggs in the, um, in the refrigerator. And then I let them out again in the spring, and it just keeps going. But we also have honeybees, and honeybees are amazing. And we are able to um, harvest their propolis, which is kind of like the sticky beeswax that they use to kind of seal all the cracks in their hives, we can use that for cooking. So every time we go there, I scrape just enough, you know, whatever is kind of in the way. I'll scrape off and I'll use it. But you have to, if you're going to use it, if you have access to hives, you have to, um, you have to kind of strain it ahead of time because there's, it's, you know, it's not going to be pure beeswax. It's nice to kind of heat it and get any, you know, gunk that the bees put into their propolis and into their um uh into the whatever they're building in their hives but anyway so if you if you have access to bees or know a beekeeper it's kind of fun if you're going to do this kind of baking it would be kind of fun don't you think to uh, go harvest your own beeswax to bake with because it's all food safe so anyway that is it i guess we talked a lot more about Making than we ever have. And I hope it all made sense. But in the meantime, um, that is it for today. Um, thank you. I for your, uh, your question. It was wonderful. It's a great question. And I know there's not a lot out there on the mold, so hopefully it was helpful. And please, you know, let me know, drop me a line. You can go to housecopper.com. You can click on contact. If you just want to ask me more questions, Or you can go to housecopper.com slash podcast and submit your own burning (laughs) questions and listen to past episodes and uh, get answers from the cookware doctor, coppersmith girl here. Um, And then remember to find our latest episodes. I try and post on the first and third Sunday of every month and they are available in most places. Podcasts are found. And then you can also find me on Instagram or Facebook under House Copper or check out the House Copper and Cookware YouTube channel where you're going to get way more answers than you ever knew you needed about cookware restoration and fixing and cooking and more. Um, And then don't forget, if you want to pick up a copy of Copper, Iron, and Clay from any bookseller, you will get even more in-depth knowledge about cooking and our kitchen tools. Anyway, thank you. Stay well, stay healthy, be safe, and until next time, cook well and cook with meaning.